and then he had called me that night and asked if I wanted to go on a date. All of a sudden, gyrocopter just drops. So what am I going to do? I mean, we're thousands of feet in the air and death is imminent. What have I gotten myself into? From HV Studio, this is Unnerved. Welcome back to the Unnerved Podcast. It's where normal people share their abnormal stories, and if you enjoy true stories of the strange and terrifying, then you're in the right place. I'm your host, Chris Fricky, And if you can already tell, I have a cold, so bear with me on this one. Typically, the one who initiates a date is also the one that plans the date leaving the other person unaware of what the activities might entail. As you can imagine, this could be anything from the most romantic scenario to an absolute nightmare. Crystal has been a family friend for years. I would describe her as positive and humorous, and she's the kind of person that anyone would feel comfortable around. I've heard her tell many entertaining stories of dates gone wrong, and in today's story, she will share about a date that went from bad to worse. This is her story. I was in a season of life where I was going on a lot of dates and collected a lot of stories, but this was the most truly unnerving of all of the dates that I went on. I had a friend who said, hey, there's this guy. He's, he seems like a really good guy. I've, I know him a little bit. He's helped me fix my garage. And I think you guys might be good. When I met him, it was kind of at night. And he definitely looked older. But I was like, maybe he's just younger but looks older. I couldn't really tell. And I had met him. And, and then he had called me that night and asked if I wanted to go on a date. And so he had seen me drive away from wherever I had met him that night and noticed that my taillight was out on my car. And so that was one of the first things was he was like, hey, I'd love to take you out on a date, take you for you know, a flight on my gyrocopter and out to lunch. And, and I also noticed that the taillight was out on your car. So I was wondering if I could fix it, which is kind of, I mean, like very nice, but also kind of weird to have some random guy be like, can I fix the taillight on your car? And, or it was my, actually it was my headlight, sorry. And I was like, sure, yeah, I, I think it's actually a short in the wiring, so I don't know that you can fix it, but yeah, you can try if you want. And he was like, yeah, yeah, I can do it. So my roommates and I ended up nicknaming this guy Mr. Well-Seasoned because he was definitely older, and I was not. I was <laughs> in my early 30s at the time, and I, he must have been pushing his 50s or in his 50s. And so he had planned this really elaborate date in his gyrocopter down in Hot Springs, South Dakota. So I was living in Rapid City at the time, had three roommates, all of us girls were just living the single dream. And he comes to my house, he picks me up the next day and he's like, I'll be there. We'll leave at 8.39ish, like really early in the morning because we'll have to drive to Fort Collins and it'll take a while. So I was like, okay, that's fine. So he shows up kind of one of those guys you know who wears leather vests and they walk with their chest out and he also had a gun like a handgun in 
that he kept in his the back of his pants and then a huge knife just like in the front so he's like walking with his swagger and his gun and his knife which like didn't totally disturb me because i'm used to those things but also i've never been on a date with a guy who's like you know except for a cop maybe one time so it was a little weird so he's like yeah i'm gonna go over and check your light on your car and i'm like okay (laughs) so he goes over and he lifts up the hood and looks at the light and he's like yeah yeah i definitely cannot fix that and I was like, okay. <laughs> so he's like, so let's go. And I was like, oh, yeah, okay. So we get in the car, and he had two Subway sandwiches on his console in his car and did not offer me one, did not offer to take any place. was like, yeah, I got these sandwiches for myself. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> so I hadn't packed anything because usually, like, on a morning date, you get breakfast together. That did not happen. So we start driving, and immediately he starts grilling me on – my knowledge of different things, like trying to decide how smart or not smart I am. And he also brought me, I believe, four of the books that he had written. They were all on like how to be a man. And he was big into politics and all these different things. But it was just interesting to be grilled. I'm like, what is your intellectual level? And I was like, oh my gosh, serious. So, and then we have a 45 minute drive before us. And on this drive, I start to be like, what have I gotten myself into? We get to the airport where his gyrocopter is. And a gyrocopter, if you've never seen them, I would call them the four-wheeler of aircraft. In that they're like a helicopter meets an airplane, but they're really small. And when you're sitting in it, like sitting next to someone, you are shoulder to shoulder next to them. So I found out later that they are considered the most dangerous aircraft that you can fly because you don't see power lines and they tend to fly low. And so people die in them all the time. But I didn't know that at the time. And we open up the hangar, and immediately someone had parked their airplane in front of his gyrocopter. He just got so angry that this airplane was in front of his gyrocopter, and he's like, oh! and so I was I was trying to help him, like, well, do you want me to, I can help, and he's like, I'm moving this plane. So he just, like, pushes the plane, which moves surprisingly easily, and then he's like, why don't you just go over, like, go hang out with those people over there, and so he, like, points to this random group of people just on the other side of the airport and they they were jumping out of airplanes and I was like my stomach just dropped because I'm like I am so far from home there is not uber there's no way for anyone to pick me up and I have to go over to this group of strangers and I guess hang out with them so at any point in time in retrospect I'm like why didn't I call a friend why didn't I just leave like there's so much I could have done but I just I felt I couldn't and so I walk over to this group and immediately meet this mom with a little boy and I'm like can I hang out with you because I'm on this really weird date and this guy just like kicked me out until he's ready to go I don't know what's happening and she's like yeah so we hung out and that was the best part of the date hanging out with this random woman and her son watching waiting for her husband because they were jumping out of airplanes we hung out and the person he comes over he's like all right I'm ready to go so we get into the gyrocopter and I immediately start like buckling myself in, you know, because there's straps. And he's like, oh, yeah, let me do that for you because I want to make sure it's done right, which was so awkward. And I was like, oh, my gosh, what's happening? I felt like a little kid. He puts the headphones on us and we start taking off. And I was kind of nervous. So I wasn't speaking very loud, apparently. And he's like, what? And I would say something. He's like, I can't hear you. I can't hear you. And and I was like, I think, and he's like, Shh, I need to just be quiet for a minute. I'm trying to figure out what's wrong with your headset. And I was like, oh, okay, sorry. So we turn around, we go back, and he gets out, takes off my headset, checks the batteries, checks everything. He's like, well, it all, it all works. Your, your voice just must be too, like, you're, something's just wrong with your voice. And I was like, right, yeah, okay, perfect. <laughs> so, I don't know, it's me, obviously. So we get on the gyrocopter. We get up in the air, and he's like, and he finally kind of relaxes a little bit. And, he, and he's like, hey, so 
um, why don't you tell me if you can see me animals? And I was so irritated at this point. I'm like, yeah, in my mind, I'm like, you just buckled me and you just shushed me. Like, and now you want me to look for animals? Like I'm a two year old and I'm like, oh my gosh. Okay. Well, Hey, there's some cows down there. And he's like, cows, stupid. And I was like, oh really? And, and we're, we're flying over the black Hills heading towards Custer state park. So if you've never been to Custer State Park, like there's buffalo and different things like that. So I was like, maybe he wants me to look for buffalo. So there's a herd of buffalo. I'm like, oh, look, there's buffalo. He's like, yeah, duh, it's Custer, there's buffalo everywhere. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> we're too high up in the air for me to be like, there's a ground squirrel. I don't know. So we're flying along and things are kind of calming down a little bit. And I'm, and he hasn't shushed me recently. So, you know, things are better. And all of a sudden, gyrocopter just drops like 20 30 feet and i would like you know your stomach falls and you're like i don't know that that was normal but i don't say anything because what am i going to do i mean we're thousands of feet in the air and death is imminent and he's just like doesn't say anything doesn't say anything he's like so did you feel that and i was like yep definitely felt that and he's like hmm and you're not terrified and i was like um i didn't know i should be <laughs> so so we just kind of are just quiet for a little bit. And then he starts grilling me on aeronautic things. And do you know why airspeed is faster than land speed and all these different things? And I was like, oh my gosh. And so, you know, we, we continue on that vein. And then I see an antelope. And so all of a sudden I'm like, oh, hey, look, there's an antelope. He's like, hey, shh, I'm going to be quiet for a minute because I'm trying to land this gyrocopter. And I was like, okay, you told me to look for animals. And now you're shushing me again. And so we get there like we get to the airport it's in the middle of custer state park and apparently very wealthy people fly into this airport at custer state park and they land and someone comes out in a safari jeep and they pick you up and it's quite the thing when you have a normal working aircraft and so we go and we look at the gyrocopter engine and so it runs on a belt sort of apparently it's like a, a nascar belt like similar to what their engines run on and it's really wide it's probably like six to 12 inches wide for a, an engine belt and it had sheared off there were two inches left of the belt <laughs> whatever happened we were lucky that we landed and that we didn't crash and die <laughs> and he was just like freaking out because apparently he had wanted to take me to the wild horse sanctuary and fly me to see all the horses in his gyrocopter and like go through the canyons back there or something which would have been quite lovely i'm sure but with a different person and so anyway he's like not talking to me he's just super stressed about the gyrocopter and the jeep finally pulls up and takes us to the restaurant and he's like on his phone which was actually a ginormous ipad searching things on this ipad like i gotta find a new engine bert and, and then we get to the restaurant and we didn't go in the front door we went in the back door which neither of us knew because i'd never eaten there before it's, i mean it's beautiful this restaurant in custer state park and so we walk in the back door and we sit down and i'm just like sitting there just like and he's just like you know finally the waitress comes up and she's like oh hey we didn't see you guys you didn't come in the part that you're supposed to come in and wait to be seated you just walked in <laughs> he just looks up at her and is like yeah and I'm going to need you to turn this music down or off and we're going to need menus. Thank you. And I was like, oh my gosh. I'm mouthing over like, I'm sorry. <laughs> she leaves and we're sitting there and he's like, hey, I'm going to need you to call these different part stores and see if they have this part while I call these other part stores. And I was like, what am I? Like your 
secretary now? I don't know. So I start calling and he just listening to me on the phone like, oh, did you? And like grilling me and then telling me what I did right and wrong afterwards. And I was like, this reminds me. I was having flashbacks of being a kid and like doing everything wrong when it came to my dad to find parts. And I'm like, this is why I didn't get my dad parts. I was always wrong. So then our food comes and it was not, it was not very good. And so he's like, how's your food? And I was like, yeah, it's not really good. It's kind of dry. and it's not like great flavor. And he's like, oh yeah, okay, that's nice. And I was like, oh my gosh, you're seriously, you're not paying any attention to me. And then we get done eating and he was like, oh yeah, so how was your food? And I was like, I'm just going to test and see if he remembers anything. And I was like, oh, it was awesome. Best meal I ever had. And he's like, okay, yeah, that's nice. And I was like, seriously? <laughs> so I just said, hey, I'm going to go for a walk. So I just get up and I leave. There was like a little hiking path over by the restaurant. So I go on a little hike and I call my roommate and I was like, this is horrible. I know it's a long drive, but can you please come and pick me up? Like I cannot endure this any longer. So my roommate's like, okay, yeah, I'll get you. I'll get you. And I walk back to the restaurant. I'm like totally relieved. Everything's good. I'm out of this longest date ever. And he, he walks down and I was like, oh, hey, great news. I found a ride so I'm just gonna get right home and everything's gonna be okay and he's like oh no that's not gonna work I actually need you so this is gonna be good I got Custer State Park to let me use their one of their Suburbans and so we're gonna drive to the airport and then you're gonna pick up my car and then we'll both drive my car back here and we'll leave them there so I you have to come with me I need you to help me and it was like again at that point I could have been like yeah no that's not gonna work for me but no I'm like I don't know what was wrong with me at this season of my life but I felt like I was like you know maybe it'll get better you know maybe now that we leave here he'll stop treating me like a child and it'll be okay <laughs> we get in the car and we start driving and he's quiet and then all of a sudden he just reaches over and puts his hand on my leg and I'm like instantly like, I'm alone in a car in the middle of the Black Hills and on a dirt road. I don't actually know where I am. And he just put his hand on my leg and he's like, wow, you did really good today. And I was like, uh, can you maybe take your hand? <laughs> and he's like, oh yeah, yeah. Things kind of start calming down a little bit because it was another like 45 minute drive and we get back to the airport and we get out and he's like, hey, give me a hug. We really went through a lot today and I'm like, uh, again, I should have said no, but I did it. And he, so he like brings me in for this hug and I'm like, okay, I'll just give him like a quick one. And you know how you do the tap out? You're like tapping on their back shoulder, like I'm done. And he like, is not reading the tap out. He's just holding on to me. And I'm like, what is happening? <laughs> I'm tapping out and he's just like, just keep it on there. And I'm like, oh my gosh, Lord, save me from this date. So he finally stops and we are heading back to Suburbans and I'm like, sweet, we're going to head back to Custer. And he's like, oh yeah. So I was thinking I need to actually drop some stuff off. I'm kind of moving and I have a cabin over here by Angostura. And so I thought I'd have you like help me unload some stuff. And I was like, uh, yeah, I guess. I mean, at this point it's like three or four in the afternoon. I follow him out to his house and it's like way back in this Canyon. Um, and it's a cute little cabin and he like apparently writes his books there. And so we're moving his stuff in and I had to bring something into the back bedroom where his bedroom was. And he was in there on the other side of the bed. And as I set the box down, he like stands up and he's holding this child's rifle in his hands. And he looks at me and he's like, I bought this in hopes that someday I would have a son. And I was like, uh-huh. <laughs> and he's like, I'd kind of given up hope, but you know, and I was like, yeah, where's your bathroom? <laughs> And he's, he's like, oh, yeah, it's over there. And so I, like, stay in there for a little bit, kind of regroup. Like, that was weird. And then I walk out, and he has re-poured my glass of wine. And he's like, well, you know, we're pretty much done now. So I was thinking, I just wanted to show you a couple videos of, of my gyrocopter. And I was like, oh, oh, 
oh, okay. So I like, again, could have said no, but for some reason I'm like, yeah, sure. Let's, I'll look at your gyrocopter videos. So we go out on his front porch and I'm like sitting across from him. He's like, oh no, no, you need to sit by me so you can see the video. And I was like, oh, okay. So I go over and I sit next to him and he showed me like the creation of the gyrocopter, the first gyrocopter, the first flight of the gyrocopter, multiple flights of gyrocopters overseas, his first flight learning to fly a gyrocopter. And like an hour and a half later, as the sun is setting, I'm finally like, yeah, so we should probably get going. And he's like, oh yeah, yeah. We leave and I call my mom and I'm like, mom. Cause so he's in his car, I'm in my car and I'm like, I don't know what to do. Like this guy is, I'm like trying to just like show him that I'm not interested in him. Like I told him to get his hand off my leg and <laughs> I'm like, trying to not sit close to him and not touch him and I'm not doing any of the things that are like cues but he is like not picking it up and mom's like probably just gonna have to be straight with him crystal and just tell him and I was like I don't think he's gonna get it so we get to Custer State Park we drop this bourbon off it's like probably seven or eight at this point and we're driving back into town and so he starts grilling me like hey so you know like what do you think about relationships and love and I was like okay I still, instead of just being clear, like, hey, I don't like you at all. I'm still like, I'll just get, drop more hints. So he's like, so what do you think about love? And I was like, oh, my gosh, I'm so in love with my ex-boyfriend. Like, I wish we could get back together. I just, I really love him. I'm pretty sure we're going to get back together, actually. Like, I'm deeply, madly in love with him. And I go on and on and I get done. And he's like, yeah, you know, love doesn't really matter. I've been in love with a million people. Like, that comes and goes. Like, I'm sure you'll be fine. I was like, okay. <laughs> so then he goes, so uh, how many kids? you want to have someday and I was like um you know at least four but probably like six to ten like if I could have six to ten that would be great but at least four bottom line and I found out later that was the one thing like not me being rude nothing else that finally made him be like maybe I'm not interested in her I was like oh, thank you for it but I made one more mistake so we're getting close to the house and he starts talking about being hungry and I was like I, I cannot with him any longer like I can't go to a restaurant like that is not going to work and so I was like hey actually I have some roast beef in my house I made a roast the other day you can just have some of that meat and just you know, just take it to go <laughs> it'll be great and it was a good roast I had done an excellent job if I know anyway we get to the house and he's like yeah yeah that's a great idea and I was like oh oh what did I get myself into and so we pull up and he's like hey I just I feel really bad I couldn't fix the headlight on your car so I would really love to just, I just want to try to fix something for you. And I was like, uh, okay, okay, well, I mean, most things I fix, but you know, I, I have an air conditioner. It's been leaking into the basement. Oh, I can definitely fix that. I was like, I don't think you actually can. Cause I think it's kind of a weird condensation thing. And I don't, no, no, I got it. I can fix it. And I was like, oh, okay. So we walk over to the air conditioner and he looks at it and he's like, yeah, no, I definitely, I can't fix that. I've noticed. <laughs> I was like, okay, good. Well, let me give you your meat and you can head out and, Thanks for the, the day, I guess. And so we get into the house and, and I'm getting the roast beef out and I'm cutting it and all my knives were really dull. And he's like, wow, your knives are super dull. And I was like, yeah, they're old. They're my great aunts. Like I just got them kind of as a hand-me-down. And he's like, hey, you know, I actually have a, knife, a diamond knife sharpener out in my car. So I could sharpen those knives for you. And I was like, yeah, sure. He's like, I just really want to do something for you. And I was like, okay. And he sharpens all of my knives. And then he leaves. And I was like, oh my gosh, it was like 10 o'clock at night. But I kept his books just because I was like, I don't ever want to forget this date because that was the most crazy random experience of my life.
all of the different situations, like we're in a gyrocopter, it malfunctions, we almost crash. He's showing off a gun. He's sharpening my knives. Like all of these different situations you were in, you know, thankfully nothing horrible happened, but you know, it was just like, it, it's just crazy the amount of situations you were in in one day with this guy. Yeah, yeah. I called it the longest day ever. And I should have, I think my, I think I sort of just like disassociate a little bit. And I'm like, no, no, this is fine. It's going to get better. Every, it's good. Everyone's good. And then in retrospect, I'm like, oh my gosh, I almost died. Yeah. In more ways than one, potentially. Yeah. So my favorite part of this story is that this guy comes across as the definition of masculinity and manly man. And I love the multiple attempts at trying to prove that. I think he failed at every attempt at trying to show his manliness, except for sharpening the knives. That was the only thing he was successful at. I know. Yeah, yeah, I can fix that for you. I know. I don't yeah, yeah, I can. Actually, <laughs> actually, no, I, no, 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 it's too far. I'll fix a gyrocopter. Actually, no, no, I can't. You know, um, oh my gosh, that's so funny. I want to talk about the gyrocopter for just a second. Okay. I didn't know what a gyrocopter was until I looked it up. Yeah. Those things look terrifying. I'm not afraid of flying at all. Like, I've gone skydiving. I like heights. None of that stuff bothers me. But when I saw a photo of the gyrocopter, I was like, that does just does not look safe at all. Yeah. Was it enclosed or was it was it one of the ones that were open? This one was enclosed. So it really had the feel of a mini helicopter. But it also had the feel of, like, one strong gust of wind and we're dead. Right. Gotcha. So the belt that broke apart and there was only like two inches left of it, did he say how much more airtime that you guys probably had? Like how much longer before you guys would have made like an emergency landing? He didn't say, but based upon like the look on his face when he looked at it, he was pretty terrified. I don't think we could have flown much farther than what we did. His face actually looked like surprised that we even made it. Like that we shouldn't have even made it on the two inches that was there. Right. And he couldn't show fear because he's the manly man. So he can't, he can't show that he's scared. Yeah. So instead he just, you know, kind of got angry and shut down. That day showed me that I needed to be more aggressive and assertive in what I needed and wanted. But I was like, if he hadn't been a good guy, like he was a good guy. He was, you know, weird and it didn't go his way. But in retrospect, I remember laying in my bed that night being like, if he had like tried to keep how far would I have gone I think it just kind of scared me like because I am a people pleaser but I'm not only a people pleaser I also really want to give people chances and I'm like this, you know it's gonna get better like I always kind of believe in the best and like there's gonna be a silver lining and I don't really listen to like my own fear or my own anger so like the times when I got afraid I'd be like nope you just you're fine don't be afraid you know instead of being like maybe this is a sign I should listen to or frustration of like hey maybe that actually matters and you should voice this and so I just like no it'll be okay like you know I'm just gonna give he's trying like I'll give him a chance it'll get better it'll get better and just kind of convince myself of that until in retrospect when I got home I was like yeah that was I went way too far (laughs) I guess my advice would be know yourself know your boundaries also have a escape plan like I did not have an escape plan for that date I should have thought that out way (laughs) better but I was just so excited to get to go in a gyrocopter. So also when the date sounds too good to be true, it really might be. <laughs> when you have horrible dates, 
just turn them into a comedy show and then they just become a great story and that makes life way better and then keep dating because I did meet an amazing man later. Crystal's story, although humorous, could have had a much more devastating result. Going on a date with someone can put you in a difficult situation, especially with someone you hardly know. I'm not saying you shouldn't date, I'm simply saying that during a date, a friend or family member should know where you're at and who you're with. Some of the most dangerous individuals in history also happen to be the most charming. Famous screenwriter Troy Kennedy Martin once said, I trust everyone. I just don't trust the devil inside them. Thanks again for listening to Unnerved. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with your friends and leave a review wherever you get your podcasts. And if you guys want to see photos related to each episode, be sure to follow us on Instagram at Unnerved Podcast. There, you'll be able to see photos of Crystal and some of the locations where her date took place. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time.